was the sense that Windsor was the worst place to live if you're a woman. I want us to change the narrative to say Windsor is the Essex is the best place if you're a woman to live, to start a business, to grow a business, uh, and to be a leader. Women are 67% less likely to self-promote than men empower women entrepreneurs. Women owned 34% of businesses in Windsor Essex. Women have to be part of that process. They need to be part of that plan. Women were underrepresented in every single area. We can ensure um, that we can continue to move the dial. Found that they had imposter syndrome. In terms of Rise Windsor Essex, increasing the number of women entrepreneurs. And that addresses the needs of women entrepreneurs at this time are designed to really celebrate women. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting young female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. I've officially teamed up with Rise Windsor Essex to bring you stories of Windsor Essex's very own female entrepreneurs. We're here to celebrate women in the area who have made it happen. Born and raised in Amherstburg, Ontario, Taylor's first introduction to social media was working for a few local radio stations. However, a career in marketing didn't really appeal to her, and instead she spent three years studying accounting, believing it was best to pursue a career that would make a lot of money. Realizing that there was more to life, she followed her heart. She began pursuing opportunities in marketing that led her to land a job in Canada that allowed her to travel and teach about the power of social media in the US and Europe. Pairing her passion for helping others and her social media knowledge, she built a business. A year and a half later, she has worked with businesses in Canada, the US and Europe in over 25 different industries. Her goal is to amplify the voices of those who are trying to make a difference in their communities and across the planet. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm very excited to hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and the creation of your business. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I can't wait to tell you about my journey and how I got here. Awesome. Well, I'm yeah, very excited. So how about we start us off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? I guess I'll start by saying that I was never the type of person who thought that they would start a business. Um, it's not really anything that anyone in my family has done before. So I kind of went off the grid, but it wasn't how I graduated high school. I thought that, you know, I would finish um, university and I would go on to be an accountant and make a ton of money. But I was in my third year and working for an accounting firm thinking to myself, like, gosh, I don't really know if I can do this for the next four years or however many years I'm going to do this for. So I sort of switched gears and I sort of studied marketing. The thing is, is that in school, they don't really teach you, or at least at the time, they didn't really offer any courses at the university about social media marketing. So I'm very much self-taught. I was working for Blackburn Radio and doing um, their social and kind of their promo girl with a bunch of other girls. So that was really my first experience. And then from there, I was recruited to Leggett and Plow Automotive. And they're sort of a great secret because they've got 31 locations around the world, but like no one really knows who they are. So it was my job to sort of get them on the grid and get their social up and running. And from that experience, I got to travel around to sort of Austria and Germany, Missouri, and teach all of their other branches how to do social and what the expectation was and set the bar. And from there, their corporate took what we were doing for the automotive group and made that the standard. So it was really cool for me. 
and was sort of my first inkling that like, oh gosh, you know, maybe I'm onto something and maybe there's something special here. And then I briefly worked for a marketing agency and that's when I realized like, gosh, I really think that I could do this better on my own. And, you know, so I guess a little bit more than a year and a half ago, I took a couple months to really figure out what my business would look like. But a year and a half ago, my little business was born and here we are working with companies in the US, Canada and Europe. And so it's been really a, a journey and sort of a zigzaggy way to get to where I am today. But I think that's how most businesses start. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's an amazing story. And, um, you know, being able to travel around the world and teach social media, I mean, talking about sort of jumping in with both feet, um, getting into the industry, which is amazing. And then you had sort of mentioned how, you know, you were working at this agency and that's when you sort of decided that you wanted to do this on your own. What was it that really made you want to make it your own business instead of, you know, staying with an agency? Was there any sort of other factors that played in when you were making that decision? I guess for me, when I look at the businesses that I want to work with, you know, honesty, transparency, those things are are really, really important to me. And I just didn't feel like I was doing everything I could to give these businesses the best chance they had on social. I didn't feel like the engagement was high enough. And I, I just knew what we needed to do to do better. And, you know, when you work for someone else, you're, you're not always given that freedom to make those executive decisions on like, this is the way we need to pivot if these are the results that we're looking for. And I really needed that flexibility to feel like, you know, I was really giving it my all and I was getting results that I thought were worthy of the effort that I was putting into it. So the first thing I did when I started my own business was really focused a lot on growing my photography. So it's really much about representing brands authentically online. So, you know, if that's someone's first introduction to your business on social, then they're getting a real view of what that might look like. Sure, it's, you know, a bit staged and it's taken with a professional camera. So it's a bit more than an iPhone picture, but it's still, you know, a really accurate representation of what you're going to get if, if you choose to do business. And I work a lot harder at you know, crafting captions that accurately represent the business owner, which I, I found that that was kind of lacking. And I feel like, you know, I can go to any gym, you know, I'm going to work out and sweat probably the same amount, but, you know, do I buy into the business owner's values? Do I buy into the culture? And I didn't feel like we were representing that properly online. So yeah, those were the things that made me think, A, I think I can do this on my own because I can kind of see what the missing pieces are. And, you know, I, I don't really know if there's a B, but that's that's kind of the direction that I wanted to go, which is more authentically representing brands online because I figured that that would get way more engagement and, and you know, help, help our YQG businesses go a lot farther, essentially, because I never imagined that I would be working with global brands, right? That sort of was an after effect, which was kind of nice, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I definitely agree. And, you know, like you sort of said, you have so much more control over what you want to do and with your business. Um, so that definitely makes sense. And then you would also mentioned how you originally were in accounting and then in your third year, you ended up switching to marketing. What was it that attracted you to that industry specifically um, when you were looking to make that change? So working at the radio station was really special because we got an opportunity to sort of dabble in a lot of different things like hand out promotional items and make content for the internet, uh, do a bit of writing. And those things really, I found I was more passionate about than I, I had realized originally. So it's not that I don't like following the rules, but there's a lot of rules in accounting and, you know, you have to really be on the up and up with it. But I like 
the creative side and, you know, I, I love taking pictures. That's one of my favorite things, but accounting for me was so stringent and being stuck at a desk all day. So what I do now and the way I run my business, it means, you know, I get up really early in the morning and I do all my computer work. And then the afternoon is me going around visiting clients, creating content. And then nighttime is, you know, me editing, uh, answering emails, those types of things. So I need that sort of flexibility because being stuck at a desk nine to five just makes me a so bored and B, you know, I don't really feel fulfilled that way. And the experiences that I've been able to have because of it, which I know I wouldn't have had otherwise, like, you know, putting on a beekeeper suit and going to tend to bees, never would have been able to do that. Traveling as extensively as I have, that only came because of, you know, like an implant and taking that jump to move from accounting to marketing. And, you know, maybe these things would have come over time had I stuck with it. You know, there's lots of opportunity for travel when you work for an accounting firm, if you pick the right one, but that would have taken a long time. And it was really, I'm an impulsive person. So something that I want to do right now. And it's just, you know, how can I make this happen for myself? Yeah, absolutely. That definitely makes sense. And I, I absolutely agree. And that's nice having that flexibility. And um, you'd also talked a bit about there about doing the different things for clients and going out and doing the photography or any of the content for them. How has it been that you've been, um, you know, finding the clients that you're working with and marketing your business in general? So the hardest part of starting a business, especially my business, is that, you know, the advice that I got originally was, you know, you should have a portfolio of what you could do. But other than, you know, doing the radio station and, you know, like it and plat and then briefly the accounting agency, I didn't necessarily have a portfolio that was mine per se. So that was a huge difficulty and I didn't know who would want to hire me without, you know, a sample of my work. But it really comes down to like the way you present yourself, the way you you craft your packages. So originally what I did was I printed out a bunch of flyers and then I well, I guess not flyers, but little handouts. And I researched every business to make sure that they aligned with my business values. So, you know, were they community partners? Were they involved in leadership or eco-friendly? Researched those businesses, went to the business owners, sort of um, presented my case. A lot of them wanted a follow-up meeting to sort of break down exactly what my offer was and how it was going to work. And then since mm, I would say the first six months of my business, I got six clients off the hop. And every one of those clients has gotten me a different client, as well as my mentors from the University of Windsor. So I started my business through WeTech Alliance and through the Epicenter as well. So they were great for helping. Um, my mentors were guiding clients to me as well. So it was a little bit of legwork on my part. But then, you know, when you do quality work, word of mouth really becomes the standard. So as far as social goes, even though social media is my business, I primarily spend most of my time on LinkedIn and Instagram. If I'm looking for new clients or just trying to get on someone's radar, um, but mostly at this point, I'm working through referrals. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, you know, like you said, referral marketing is definitely a huge, huge piece for getting um, clients and that only happens with the quality, quality products. So that definitely makes sense. And yeah. um, you had actually, speaking of social media, you had posted a really great post recently on imposter syndrome. And I think this is, you know, something that a lot of young entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general all have gone through. What are some of the ways that have helped you sort of overcome this in your business journey? Gosh, imposter syndrome is, it's the worst because it's crippling at some points, but it's also the best because, you know, 
it's, it's a great way to recognize it and get confidence from it being like, you know, I do have the skills to back up what I'm doing, but when it comes to imposter syndrome, if I'm trying to overcome it, cause it, it gets me at the worst times, if we're being honest, it's just trying to remember, I guess, the small victories along the way, because as you level up in your business, you just open new doors to new challenges all the time. So everything kind of seems a little daunting the first time you come to it. So it's remembering all of the things that you thought were really difficult and you got through is the best way for me. So now, you know, when I'm speaking um, at conferences or, you know, if I'm, if I'm on a podcast like this one, it's just remembering that I've, I've got a lot of experience to offer. And, you know, you should really ask yourself, like, if not me, then who, right, is essentially the question. So, gosh, I don't know if there's necessarily a way to get over imposter syndrome as much as, you know, you just have to be aware of it being there and being aware of what value you bring to the table. And that's really going to come up a lot when any new entrepreneur starts trying to, you know, figure out what does their service cost. Um, it doesn't matter sort of what you learn in school, but it's, especially if you have a service, it's very hard to know, you know, how do I value what I'm offering to people? And, you know, I think that comes down to a few things, imposter syndrome, self-esteem, and just valuing your work, which no one really teaches you how to do. Yeah, absolutely. No, that definitely makes sense. And um, I mean, I, I agree. And those are some great tips, you know, for anyone who's sort of struggling to overcome with imposter syndrome. And one of the points you had said there too, was, you know, remembering the challenges that you've overcome with your business and how you did that. Um, is there any that specific ones that you would like to share sort of that you have overcome while starting your own business? I guess, well, okay, just to touch back on this. So, you know, valuing your services is really, is, is really difficult. And I think as new entrepreneurs, you're very quick to just be like, oh, I don't have any experience. I should just, you know, price my product really, really low. The, the biggest problem you're going to find with that is A, you're almost undercutting everyone else in the industry who does the same thing as you. Um, so you're selling yourself a little bit short as well. And number three, it's very difficult to raise your prices if you set yourself too low and then your clients are used to that price. So I would say um, valuing your services um, comparable to your competitors is probably my best advice and not based on what you feel is what you're worth because you're going to grow and evolve so quickly, especially when you're running your own business and you get to make your own calls that, you know, undercharging yourself is selling yourself short in the long run. Another one is really managing your time is difficult and being open to other people's perspectives who have done it longer. And it's hard because you think that when you're starting a business and the people that you're collaborating with, maybe they don't understand all the obstacles that are in your way, but those obstacles aren't always going to be there. So my biggest obstacle right now is growing my team, which is the scariest thing in the whole world because I've built this tiny little baby that has a great reputation. And now, you know, I'm looking to bring someone on board and trust that they're going to put the same level of care into not only my business, but into the other businesses that I work with. And that's a very scary thing. But my mentors from the beginning have been telling me to do this. And I, I almost wish I would have considered it before I got to this point where I'm wildly busy, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think 
you know, like you said, giving up some of that um, almost control in a business can definitely be very hard because you have put in so much work to it. So it's definitely sort of the right person that you want to bring on. So those are definitely, yeah, some big challenges that I think um, a lot of entrepreneurs go through. And so there's some great advice there for them as well. Um, and then Speaking of, I guess, the marketing sort of trends and everything, how is it that you stay up to date? Um, you know, the industry is definitely changing very quickly, and especially with everything happening in the world, how do you stay up to date on anything marketing? Well, um, I do a few things. So I follow other people on Instagram who sort of do what I do to see, you know, what apps are they using? Um, you know, how are they crafting their, their posts and whatnot, that kind of stays pretty consistent. Because if we look at the constant in marketing, especially social media marketing, I don't necessarily worry so much about how to beat the algorithm. I only worry about the constants and the constants are always people, right? So I'm constantly making content with the idea that I'm going to connect with people, not the idea that I'm going to beat a robot. So that makes a huge difference. And the other thing is I go to digital summit sorry i couldn't remember what it was called i go to digital summit i've been about mm, i want to say six times in three years because they have um, a spring one and a fall one and that's a really great one i feel like at this point i've been so many times that some of the information is redundant but it's just a nice refresher to be like at the core of marketing you know what are we trying to accomplish here's how we do it here are some ideas for content um and then aside from that, I just really pay attention to what everyone else in Windsor Essex is kind of doing and looking for inspiration and ideas that way. But yeah, my top three are Digital Summit Detroit, following along with what YQG businesses are doing and following other content creators to see sort of what the trends are there and how I can incorporate them. Yeah, absolutely. No, those are definitely three, definitely really great pieces um, to stay up to date that, you know, people can also use. And you'd also mentioned about the businesses um, in sort of Windsor, Essex area. And recently you were offering um, some free services to businesses that have been struggling um, due to COVID-19 recently. Can you sort of tell us a little bit about this and, you know, why you decided to make this campaign and also how, how did it go with the businesses? So, gosh, when COVID happened, a few things happened to me. Number one, I was struck by, like, fear because I have never lived through a pandemic like this one. And the other thing, it was fear in two ways, you know, what's going to happen to me and what's going to happen to my business. And then it was, you know, I had... I used to make content 30 days in advance for my clients and instantly that was a problem because I had spent all this time making all this content for all my clients and suddenly it was all garbage because no one was leaving their house anymore. So right away I thought, man, I'm struggling through, you know, three pretty significant things and I know that I don't have a bricks and mortar store. So, you know, me closing my doors was not really you know, something that I had to worry about, but all I could think about was all of my clients and like the fear that they must be feeling. So instantly I thought, you know, what can I do to make this a little bit easier on someone else? And as entrepreneurs, you know, we, we really have that flexibility to make those kinds of decisions, which is something else that I was after, something that you don't really get to do when you work for a big corporation, because that's not really your call to make someone's life easier. So I put that out. Um, 
and the response was actually phenomenal. A few things happened. Number one, the number of businesses who didn't take me up on necessarily the call because their social was, you know, doing pretty good, but they reached out and said, you know, what do you think I could do to give back to businesses or to give back to people aside from being like, hey, you know, we have hand sanitizer and we're following the rules, you know, what else, what else can I do? So that happened and opened a lot of great conversations with some really special businesses that I still keep in touch with. And the other thing that happened was a lot of people did fill out the form and were just like, you know, I didn't know what to do with social before this happened. And now it's even worse because now I really don't know what to do. So my advice to them was just like, how can we be helpful? What can you potentially you know, no one's shopping necessarily right now, but what can you give away that isn't really costing you anything, but could be a big deal for someone else. So kind of like this phone call. And, you know, we came up with some really creative ideas, some really interesting ways for businesses to do storytelling that didn't feel like necessarily aggressive. And, you know, uh, we came up with ways for them to rethink the way they were doing content before, because I think that any business that survives COVID is going to be really different on the other side. So it was almost like preparing them for that. You know, what's that going to look like? And we're still going through it. But even today, I can tell you that the content that I'm producing for my clients is different. We don't post as frequently. We focus more on more thoughtful posts. So anyone who called in, um, I worked with a company who does, you know, um, furniture from other parts of the world. Um, that's fair trade, ethically made, um, interior designers, photographers, um, a, a spa. So really a wide variety of clients were being like, hey, Taylor, please help. So it was really nice to be able to do that and felt like I was making a difference in the middle of a pretty bad pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, what you were able to do, but also the impact that you were able to have on so many different businesses. And even, you know, like you said, ones that, you know, were looking to do something on their own and help even more. So I think it really does have that ripple effect. So um, I know I definitely am really inspired by sort of the messaging that you were sending with that and um, the impact that you were having on the local businesses that were struggling and, you know, still are. And then, you know, we had sort of over, gone over um, some of the challenges that you've had to overcome with owning your own business, but has there been any big success moments um, that spring to your mind um, looking back at your journey that where you were sort of like, wow, is this real, like a pinch me moment? The most exciting thing for me, and it was the first time that I really overcame my imposter syndrome was, you know, having the opportunity to write a social media article for BizX. That, that was a huge moment for me for a few reasons. Number one, I post content online all the time. So, you know, that's not as exciting. But to have something in print that I knew people were going to hold in their hands was kind of a big deal for me. And then, you know, uh, whenever a new client's reaching out to me or someone wants to work together, I would be like, you know, how, to, how did you hear about me? And the amount of people who said they read the BizX article and were A, inspired or B, loved my approach was just like really, really satisfying. So, you know, that was... That was the best moment so far of my little journey. And I really owe that to WeTech Alliance. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, I love to hear that. And, you know, that definitely is a, is a big accomplishment. So I can definitely, definitely see that's, that's great. And 
if you could sort of looking back when you were starting your business, if there is one thing that, you know, you could tell yourself back then, or even just advice for someone else who's maybe thinking of starting their own business, um, what would that be for you? Uh, I think I would say two things because this is something that I wish I would have taken more seriously. So my first thing is, you know, start before you're ready. Because if I even waited till this point right now, when I, I consider myself pretty ready now, I didn't necessarily consider myself ready when I started, but I'm just glad I didn't wait until I felt that I was ready. Um, Because you learn so much so quickly. And it doesn't really matter, you know, how long you go to school, no one really teaches you what it's like to work for yourself, except for the fact that like the only transferable experience kind of is, you know, group projects where this is almost like a giant group project all the time. And the other thing would be to take naming your business more seriously, because I didn't really take the time to name my business. And now it's very hard to change all the branding and rename it. And it's just a big hassle, especially, you know, when you're trying to grow your team at the same time. So I I think those would be my two things is to start before you're ready and take enough time to name your business properly (laughs) instead of just picking the lazy way and naming it your name, unless that's what you want to name it. But I wish I would have picked something else. (laughs) yeah no those are definitely great pieces of advice and you know especially um you know how you said starting before you're ready I think you know you don't really know what you want your business to be or where you want it to go until you really do get into sort of the midst of things and actually get the ground running on it so I think that that's a great piece of advice for anyone um and thank you so much for you know sharing all of your knowledge in the industry, um, as well as your journey as an entrepreneur, you know, you've definitely accomplished so much already. And I'm very excited to see what you have in store next for your business. And do you just have any final thoughts for our listeners before we wrap up here? I guess my final thought for anyone who is thinking about starting a business or maybe who has one and is doing social, my best advice for the way to write is to, you know, write like you're telling a story and always remember that you're talking to people on the other side of the screen. So you're you're not looking for likes necessarily, you're looking for engagement and to write something that someone will think, you know, that they're going to remember the next time that they need to make a purchase is ultimately the goal. So yeah, I just I just want all of your listeners, either new businesses or current businesses to be mindful of the way that they write on social so they can have way better results online. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely, definitely agree with that. And speaking of online, do you want, would you like to just share where people can find you or your business on there? Sure. So you can connect with me on Instagram at at taylor.lanoi, L-A-N-O-I-E, or you can find me on LinkedIn with uh, Taylor Lanoi. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.